I'll start this morning just by responding to a question topic which, uh, and see uh, expand from there. <clears throat> the question is about um, person experiencing conflict, wasting my opportunities by staying as a lay person, but part of me is also attached to family life. What is enough? How can I find peace with my decision? when things like TV play a role in my life because of my family. Well, just to acknowledge that conventional reality is is difficult. I mean, the reality of uh, functions and fitting into the um, social norms and uh, relational norms. Uh, so conventional reality can seem like it is the it is the real thing, and it's not that it doesn't occur, but just bearing in mind, you know, <clears throat> what you see, what you hear, what you touch, what you remember, right? Uh, yourself, other people, who you are, what you what you could be, what other people think you—all that is generated. It's not to say there's nothing there, but your experience is generated, it's created. It's not fantasized, but it can have elements of fantasy in it, and elements of delusion, elements of ill will, elements of love and compassion, elements of craving and lust, and so on. So these all, all this is the generated. And a lot of the uh, generation in terms of generating in terms of other people is sense of both most affection, uh, uh, also obligation and worry and fear. Fear of doing wrong, fear of hurting others, fear of being hurt by others. So this is all this, this experience that we have. Um, result uh, becomes, and in that there's still the assumption you know, one could and should try to get it stable and comfortable <laughs> for, for everyone. Yeah. And this is this is a very very big <laughs> request, a very large request. Even to get yourself feeling comfortable in it is difficult enough <laughs> because it's always changing and shifting, and uh, we, we're like we're in a something where there's no fixed entity to it. It's just constant dynamics of minds and bodies and forces flexing and interplaying. So what's the stability in that? Uh, if, there's no, if there isn't stability in it, where's the tension, the stress? Uh, where's the disappointment, the guilt? Where's the frustration? Whereas the feeling of locking yourself onto something that you imagine is the stable norm, yeah, and uh, and you know, generally we will tend to then find ourselves minimizing authenticity. So it's because it's uh, the authentic is that everything is changing and dynamic, and uh, the only way that people can stay in an authentic relationship where both people are really, all people are fully awakening to that is by allowing flexibility, a lot of flexing and changing and, and space. 
And then there can be a real sense of harmony, because harmony is the ability to encompass, embrace degrees of difference. Conformity is when you try and bolt everything together to make it stable. Harmony is when you feel stable because you've got enough space to let things flex and change. Uh, that's that's the best, you know. That, that's the best to allow things to allow people to be different, to um, you know, for relationships to to move, to being very very closely interested in something together, to being not particularly interested. Um, space, a lot of space, getting close up, you know, that flexing, and within that sense of one is not being abandoned or doing something wrong by allowing things to flex and change. You know, that's kind of, uh, the, the greater that, that capacity is, the more one will be in line with truth, and the less conflict one will feel. One might still feel emotionally disappointed or saddened. Oh, well, it was nice if, you know, we agreed on more things than we do, but oh well. <laughs> You know, uh, conventional reality is, is, is generated experience. And as such, it can't, it can't, has no rest in it. It needs constant shifting and changing and adjusting and flexing and drawing back and moving forward and inclining and reaching out. And that's what it requires. And that's, that's fair enough. But it is, it does require, it's not, you can't just sit in inertia, you know, switch things on, expect things to keep going. Uh, you know, so, and unfortunately, that's what, you know, people sometimes expect. You can get the job, the house, the TV, the dog, switch it on, there it is, we're fine. It isn't. <laughs> it has to require continual. It's not created, it can't be made stable just by inertia and inert elements. It's made stable by the ability to to flex and change, and then we sit space, but actually I feel, I feel fine. Yeah, I, I have no loss of goodwill towards you. Um, you know, um, I feel comfortable with you, I don't feel any regret. But that's fine. But if you expect me to go play golf with you every weekend, it's going to get stressful. <laughs> you know, so relationships are a two-way thing, isn't it? And so, the idea, you know, lay life, monastic life, I think, yeah, obviously there is, there are certain truths in that. Differentiation is a handy label, but actually it's slightly inaccurate. It's, it's a, it's a simplification. It's a generalization. Essentially, you know, because in that, if you, if you make those differentiations too final, then again, you know, you lose, you're losing authenticity. You're kind of, oh, well, I'm only a secondary. And you've actually closed something down that needn't be closed down. You know, but in my reflection, it's rather than, here's the real world. How do I fit my practice into it? No. Here's the real practice. What kind of world can be I operate in from that place? <laughs> Let's turn it around. You know, what's the real world? Yeah, what's the real world? Donald Trump, Chelsea Football Club. 
<laughs> so is that the real world? Is that, you know, it's certainly got a biting reality to it. But is that what you really want to say, commit to? <laughs> you know, that that level of economics, politics, job, economic employment, and so forth. Is that real? Is that real? You can't say it doesn't happen. But what we're saying is a, the reality that's available for us is a reality called refuge. And now that may seem like a Buddhist construction. I take refuge in Buddha Sangha, you know, I go to the monastery, I keep the precepts, you know, I construct that. Well, that may be the way to the refuge, but the real refuge is uh, deeper than that. That may be the path to the refuge. Helpful conventions that take you to the refuge. Yeah. This is why the Buddha says, you know, be a refuge to yourself. It doesn't mean make your personality a refuge. We get it in your, find it in your, in your presence. Yeah. The one thing that never leaves you, even though you leave it many, many times. Even though your mind and your energies and your moods and keep running, moving away from it, skipping it over, there's something there that doesn't leave you. And you can return to that. Now, you know, there are many things one can say in cultivation and training. And a lot of it is really true and authentic. But the but I'm saying is get this one first. Or keep aiming for that one. Because then everything else will line up from that place. Where do you feel stable without having to hold it together? Where do you feel accepted without having to be accepted? Already accepted? Where do you feel welcome without without having to have something make you welcome? Where do you feel, you know, where's that? Is there a moment of it? A time when you rest into that? It's a place of deep repose, but it's not inertia, because in the rest state, of awareness, there's a tremendous sense of potential, brightness, dynamic, potency. And one we could say many words about that, but not too many at one time because it gets blurry. But that's that's really the, the heart of it. And then you you know maybe you try to what gives me the occasion to find truth? If I don't do that, if I never bother with that, I have indeed wasted my time. Yeah. And maybe that's what we have to learn the hard way through trying to make the world work and be a refuge and be steady and comfortable until eventually somebody says, so it's not going to happen. I know this is not easy or emotionally comfortable. I know it's challenging. And that can make me feel frightened and scared. But it happens to be true. (laughs) It doesn't mean that you have to cut off all sense contact, relationships with other people, having a place to live. It doesn't mean that. It means get the right thing. Yeah. And build from there. And uh, this means the one... (laughs) 
स्थिति यू नो रिमाइंड योर सेल्फ रिमाइंड अदर्स यू नो द नीड फॉर चेंज इज कांस्टेंट चेंज डजंट हैव टू बी वोल्केनिक बट इफ यू डोंट इट्स गोना बी वोल्केनिक ऑन अर्थ क्वाइक वन डे इफ यू डोंट अलाउ सटल शिफ्ट्स टू अकर सूनर लेटर इट्स गोना यू नो थिंग्स आर गोना स्प्लिट ऑफ बट व्हेन द फ्लेक्सिंग this means you know relational authenticity is this what's real for me right now how's that with you hmm? yeah yeah okay yeah but this is actually what's actually happening for me now yeah i know i know i know you don't but can i just say it again <laughs> i don't know get interested in this i'm not averse so it just doesn't work for me okay you know like you just got to kind of tell people uh, uh inform people uh and it's a duty because if you don't you'll be miserable you'll feel obliged you'll feel resentment you you're not going to be able to participate because you're not participating in a free place But if somebody can at least hear oh then okay yeah that's okay yeah you do need to take an hour out a day Yeah, I can be with that. It's fine. You need to spend a week, week or so on retreat now and then. Yeah, I can be with that. It's okay. Give people the chance to be generous and flexible. Yeah, because the more we collude in that, we're not giving other people the chance to wake up. Not everybody wants to wake up, but as long as we maintain. The conventional reality is a thing has to be fixed and stable and un- and unchanging. Then we all help each other to fall asleep, and it doesn't have to be a, a massive rupture so much as the ability to flex and change. And in a way, one's duty as human being is also to present, live that message, say you too can change. You don't have to be what I want you to be either. That's okay. You know what I mean? Ah. And now we feel more comfortable with each other. Uh, that's you know, that's the way it is, really. Uh, and then you don't really lay life, monastic life. These are sort of yeah, but that's authentic life. And then it can be the case that uh, you just figure there's less and less of this in what is lay life. Lay life is about earning money, um, having kids, and therefore you need strong. security to to you know for little ones need that they definitely need that they need a very strong well they should have a strong committed bonded thing to to nurture you know, for a few years but you don't want to keep it going forever <laughs> it's time to leave the nest get out <laughs> you don't want to be kind of holding something too tight for too long you know, okay and in the sense of now things are changing you know and naturally when things change people feel uncomfortable or you know uneasy or uncertain but well that's life get over it you know it's going to be like that and you'll learn to fly hmm? you'll learn to fly and you want to encourage people to fly not to just stay hanging on to their nests you know uh so this is the thing to one but one has to say this gently repeatedly clearly without 
aversion, just know this is just speaking the truth. Um, this, you know, and how are you with that? I mean, see how it works. Give people a chance to say, to give you freedom and give them freedom and then greater freedom, greater happiness, more room and deep respect. And, you know, a quality of respect is underplayed and even the word itself doesn't mean what it should mean. It doesn't mean I see you as superior to me because I respect you. It doesn't mean superiority means you can be who you are. I wish you well with that. I don't have to be that. There's a sense of respect. You know, you're a subjectivity. You have to live your stuff. Good, you know, fine. I can respect what you're doing. And, you know, so that's a kind of love. But it's not a love that's trying to sit on somebody and hold them into place. It's a love that offers respect. And there's nothing no greater, in my opinion, well, there is no greater, perhaps it's a bit too, but it's a very beautiful form of love. You know, respect. You know, means I will not, you know, impose my judgments on you. I'll be there. You know, um, I want to be there and listening and attentive and sympathetic. And we'll work with what comes up. And I, you know, and I'm going to suspend my standards and judgments. And then that, if you, the more we can do that, this is surely a way of maintaining authenticity, empathy, and um, it's still emotionally testing. You know, one worries, one gets concerned, one feels upset, one gets disappointed. Okay, this is what we call upega. <laughs> you know, upega equanimity is not indifference. It means I'm sensitive. I feel things. I'm not going to impose my wishes and judgments on you. But don't say I don't care. But then I'll deal with you know what happens to myself in that. That's a generous quality. It's all one sustains, and it's certainly the same in monasteries. You know, you do get affectionate, you do get concerned, you do get worried, you do feel disappointed, you do get frustrated, you get exasperated, you feel all kinds of stuff. You feel it's because you're a human being, we're living with other human beings. That's what happens, and yet you maintain respect. And then people come, people go, people disagree, people leave, people get disillusioned. You know, it's like, you know, I say it's like 20 divorces about a single marriage. (laughs) I feel like that. Just this constant. (laughs) About to, and then, oh, okay, well, (laughs) right. (laughs) As people move in and out, and then you realize, well, both of those are incorrect, you know, because we're not married and we're not divorced. We're in a relationship, isn't that? And who knows? Who knows? <laughs> That's what relationship's about. Who knows? Right now, just respect, empathy, and uh, openness. And don't lose your own ground. 
Now, if you find that, you know, if you establish those, you have to work out the details with, with your, with your people. I don't know. Right speech. Um, simplicity of speech. It's not, it's just, this is right. This is okay. I'm not with that. Uh, you know, negotiation of that. Repeated, careful qualities. You know. Like the Buddha himself, when he left home, he said, you know, the, this myth is that he suddenly did a bunk in the middle of the night. Well, that's purely a kind of poetic myth. Uh, it seemed that reality was, the marriage he was in wasn't of his own choice in the first place. It was one of those arranged things. And, uh, you know, the marital uh, condition in India was really, this is about forming an alliance and having kids. So our two families can form a connection. That's, that's the security. And we have some kids, that's our insurance. And um, whether you like each other or not is, well, that'll happen. But that's not the main point. <laughs> so <laughs> with that, and then, you know, he'd been 13 years or so in that uh, relationship. And oh, this is... It's not, this is as far as it gets, isn't it? Then we've had a child. I've done that. This doesn't go any further. You know? And this is the best. And then it says, it repeated negotiations with my parents. Repeated negotiations. Uh, until eventually, you know, he was able to, to leave. And then, but then, of course, once he'd realized what he needed to realize, he went back you know, to his family to offer them what he'd learned. And they weren't too pleased. <laughs> but, uh, of course, in the story, the Buddha was able to, to use his, his, uh, his authenticity to bring them around. But a lot of it, you have to leave before you can find your own ground. That's also the case. It doesn't mean a final. It's that separation, renegotiation. Separation, reset relationships. That's something that probably is good to do to some degree or another. It's clear, where are we? Now. Is it still working? Well, we know. That's relational, relational skill. You can't have relational inertia. It, it means not a relationship anymore. Mm. No relating in it. But, um, the important feature, you know, though in relationship and in life in general, uh, we tend to seek qualities of of the, that uh, hold mm-hmm. such so as the best quality of holding of course is goodwill yourself and others what goodwill, mindfulness, morality those are the best kinds of holding mm-hmm. to hold things in that light hold each other, hold yourself in that light mm-hmm. and there's also but the other aspect is renunciation. And this is the inclination to drop. And you need both of those. And the, the renunciate, relinquishment, letting go bit, 
is by and large the bit that is not um, uh, brought to the fore in conventional life, in life in the world. So there is the difference. Uh, difference in degree, at least. But uh, renunciation or relinquishment, letting go, backing off, dropping things, that's necessary to keep things fresh, clean. Other things can be dropped, just like the ending of an out-breath. Stop. Let it go. Let the past go. Let who we were go. Doesn't mean not from anger, just relax it and see what, what arises in, 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 the, in the context. This is something to cultivate, not just as I give up sugar or I give up cigarettes or I give up going to whatever once a week, but just it's the moment by moment relinquishment of the past, not with a wish to get rid of it, but just to loosen one's hold on it, to forget it, if you like. So there's a difference between aversion, deliberately blocking, chucking something away from a sense of aversion and just just relaxing it. And this is a deep process associated with meditation and contemplation very much essential for health and sanity. Otherwise it just gets so blocked, so cluttered, so full. You've got so many plates, you don't even know which ones are china and which ones are plastic. And it's just so much stuff. And how much of it's really, you don't know. Carrying too much stuff. So that, and in a way, renunciation is like doing a weekend retreat when just for the weekend, Forget who you used to be. I mean, don't keep holding it. You can't block it, but don't make a thing out of it. Give yourself the chance to breathe yourself out. And again, this is renunciation means faith that there will be a fresh arising. The quality of intention is not to annihilate, it's just to relax. And then what will come up? We don't know. What makes it interesting? No. Maybe tomorrow I'm going to be a born again Christian. I don't know. But so far, it hasn't happened. <laughs> because in the quality of that, the first thing that arises is not a convention. You, know, you really release, not from repudiation or negation, just relaxing. You see, the conventions actually are just always sketchy arrangements who I am, my identity, name, number, position it's just a convenient arrangement that can soften and as it does so you feel the presence of something as the conventions soften your job, your attitudes, your prospects, your future, your past, your kinships soften in your mind you know, the degree where it's a softening, there's an awareness of something there that is of another nature. You do it softly, gently, not from aversion, just relaxing. 
You don't have to deal with, fix, change, accuse, work out who's right or wrong. Just relax that. And this is where the body, that's there. Breathing out is there. See what you can soften in terms of your mental environment, psychological environment. That's practice. As you soften it, you feel the presence of something else is there. Quality of knowing, presence, openness, stability. You know, it's not high volume, but it's there. And you breathe out into that. Grateful. I can do that. That can happen for me. And then what arises is not Convention, what arises is presence, and then generally what arises with that is some of the mind looking out, interested, a sense of goodwill, willingness to be here, inquiry, what's going on, how does this fit? And then you start to meet the sensory world, and what fits? What feels? What do you really, what comes into your mind? What, where are your loyalties? When you feel moved, inspired, when you feel gladdened, interested. Now, to, is it possible that to a degree, anyway, one's life can be led from a place of, this is what interests me, this is what delights me, this is what I'm drawn to, rather this is what i got to do. <laughs> Yeah. And this is it's probably never going to be absolutely 100%, but the more one can, can increase the amount of this is what interests me now, this is what in, in, invites my curiosity, this is where I feel some freshness, light, curiosity, unresolved, but that's where it's going. And the jitter will lead you. And when, it, when, you, when you take it quietly, without expecting to come up with final solutions, all nicely Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, next year, this little plan, get the broad sense that the chitta will lead you and it will speak truth. And it may be a truth that first frightens you or, oh, how yeah, am I going to do that? Take it slowly. This is what meditation is for. Yeah. And living in that contemplative way. There's a certain amount of stuff. Yeah. So even the things we feel, our roles are our functions. So certainly for myself, you know, um, the things I do, and so often people ask me to commit to something a year and a half in advance, and I always like, a year and a half? I don't know, well, who am I going to be in a year and a half? I don't know if I'm going to be alive in a year and a half. You want me to book up for a retreat in a year and a half? I don't know who I'll be, let alone what I'll teach. <laughs> it's difficult enough to try doesn't work like that. But you think, okay, well, if I'm still alive and able to, to function, yeah. But, I don't know, you know. <laughs> but I'll do that, because if I do that, I have to come not from a sense of, I've got to fulfill da-da-da-da, but I wish to offer service. I don't feel good, I don't feel comfortable if I don't feel I'm offering service. That's the truth. As long as I'm alive, 
I just don't feel right if I'm not offering something. It doesn't have to be a talk, it could just be being around. I don't feel I can be in a mutually supportive situation without somehow, you know, showing up for it and being responsive in that. So you book me for that. And we'll see what happens on the day. (laughs) And if that's not okay, then sorry, it's not going to work. So I wanted to live like that. And then I think, you know, certainly living uh, as an abbot of a monastery for many years, you know, you don't always feel like, oh, whoopee, a committee meeting, just exactly what I feel like right now, really hits the right buttons, you know. But you generally can't, okay, all right, and before you jump into that service, welfare of the Wasanga, you know, welfare of the community, uh, the lay people, the wider field, you're working for the welfare of others, is that right? Yeah. Okay, then, do you have to be perfect at it? No. That's good enough, is it? Okay, here we go. You know, just that moment when you pause and recollect and you come into situations you wouldn't necessarily have chosen or feel that wonderful about. But you you come from your refuge place and your initial intentionality. The intentionality that arises from refuge is, is to me, it's dharma. Uh, in, in the broadest sense. This was the Buddha, certainly the Buddha's quality, wasn't it? Immense dana, generosity, the rest of his life, constantly. And he had a lot to give. So we don't have that, but we have a little bit. If it means showing up, being, being reasonably alert, I can do that. Answers? No, can't always come up with that. <laughs> And if that's okay, that's okay. If it's not, I can't, I can't be there. It's not going to happen. So, you know, you try to almost get from your refuge place, your core intentionality. What is your fundamental intentionality? Is it going to be ill will or goodwill? Is it going to be letting go of something or holding on to something? Get the intentionality right and then see what can happen from there. You know, it's like uh, this morning, come in the morning, there's four candles on the shrine. Matches. Candle, candle one, flame. Candle two, flame starts and goes out. Candle three, Flame lights, candle four, flame lights. Three out of four, not bad. <laughs> but still, it wasn't that I didn't want to light the thing. I struck the match, I lit the flame, I stuck it to the candle, the candle didn't want it. <laughs> Three out of four is not bad, actually. <laughs> Sometimes you don't get one candle. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but you still strike the match and... Oh well. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> okay, well, at least I struck the match. Sometimes you can't even find the matchbox. And you just, well, if it's like that, at least I'll be here. 
without an intention. So intention's the match, the light, isn't it? And you apply your attention, intention, to something, and sometimes, yeah, and sometimes, no. And three out of four is a, is a very good mark. Sometimes one out of ten is, is about it. <laughs> but you keep, okay, okay. You do that because that's what you do. That's what, that's what right action is. It's just that. Right intention is just that. And it's the same with your mind. You know? Sometimes those matches are damp. And you and it don't, it don't light up. And you do it again, it don't light up. Okay? Hmm. What's happening here? Maybe need another strategy. Another way of looking at it. Sometimes it means get your body. You know, you've got to dry your matches out. Sometimes it means you've got to come into your body and get your body to wake up, get your energies right. Ah, now the mind will light up because things are dry. It's not a crumpled heap. Sometimes drying your matches is a matter of... You you can't meditate until you've really made some reasonable agreement with other people. If you're living in a constantly conflicted situation with other people, you can't line up, you know. So, you know, all that is what lifestyle's about, getting your matches dry. Uh, and, you know, if, if, it's, if you get, as I say, you know, for any of us to get all four in one go is, is good. So most of it's a little bit there that's still, shoulder's still a bit sort of twitchy or stuck. Okay, but most of it's okay. I'll work with that and start to towards that part of my body that's in stress or difficulty, just come on in, come on in, you're welcome, you don't have to feel good. You, know, you can be how you are, that's respect. So it just seems to one's own body, one's own mind, that sense of, okay, it's good intention, you feel like you want to crumple and slump. Okay, that's, you know, maybe that's what you have to be with. Um, and cultivation of mind is like that. It's relationship. Again, you know, because mind itself is like it's not yours. You take it all very personally, but it's certainly not yours. It's all the Residues, the programs, the input, the omissions, the things that have not been put there, the absence of adequate love and compassion, the presence of stress, permutations of that, things one's read, structures one's heard, abuse one's suffered. That's your mind. Uh, And all the results and ricochets of that. But sometimes it doesn't feel very glad. And you think, well, no wonder. Still, we hold it. And we can. Body is certainly not always comfortable. My experience is often... There's always something uncomfortable, painful about it. But we, you know, you get the less 
reactive one is to difficult feeling. The more one you realize difficult feeling is part of what we have to be with. There has to be space for difficult, uncomfortable, disappointing feeling and emotion, physical feeling and emotion. And respect. I don't want you to be this way, but it's like that. So create some space around that. And, uh, you know, don't, you know, don't exclude it. You don't want to have it if you don't, it's not there, but not to exclude it, not to form that sense of defensive boundary against. Now, the boundary that we maintain is the boundary of intention, which means if I experience negative, resentful, craving, whatever, then I have to acknowledge that. I, I, I make determined effort to not adopt it. Which other do not act upon it, do not follow it, do not put, get the wheels rolling on that one. The only way I can know an unskillful intention as unskillful is if I allow it into awareness. Otherwise, I don't even know. I'm just prejudging it. So when your unskillful intentions, uncomfortable fears, you have to allow them into awareness. It doesn't mean you accept them as, as this is okay, but it's part of the family. <laughs> <laughs> and you maintain your refuge, your openness, and, and you'll be—you uh, know—you'll find shifts happen. Shifts happen. Things change. You know, and, it, and remember, look at the big thing, because it's so. so you think, well, you know, I've been with this painful feeling in my back for the last five years. It still hasn't gone away. Ah, you see? Because you want it to go away, right? <laughs> and uh, I think more, and that's understandable too. What has to change is that you don't mind anymore. <laughs> you know, when we look at suffering, it changes. Painful feeling is what bodies have. Uncomfortable relationships is what most of us have with somebody or another. Sooner or later, it could be your mother. You know, how embarrassing. You know, I can't stand her. <laughs> okay. Right, well, that's the truth. <laughs> I, I like her as long as I'm 4,000 miles away from her. That's fine. Well, that's good. I don't wish to kill her. That's good. I'm not going to. But I don't want to live in the same house. Fair enough. That's called loving kindness. You know, it, it's within the range. You don't follow the, the negative feeling. You accept it. You don't follow it. And therefore, eventually, it doesn't matter. She's got her thing. It doesn't have to get into me. This thing in my back, it doesn't have to take over my life. What changes is you don't suffer with it. And that's the important point. 
you don't suffer with your limitations. And from there, it may indeed be the case. Something deep. Let's go. And the perceptions and the impressions change. And doesn't really even make a big impact. Because it's all constructed. And memories and perceptions of other people, they're all constructed. They don't have to be. So, I think every question one can take to different levels, every question really is coming to the, around to similar uh, um, topic, is how does awareness meet the experience of the aggregates, experience of the sense realm, uh, which is a place of incompleteness. Mm-hmm.